0: I want to talk to you today about the beauty of less. That's right. There's a whole movement out there, the minimalist movement, that focuses on uh, just getting down to exactly what you need. I want to extrapolate a little more on the prioritization that experiences in life cause us to make. You're listening to The Eric Deems Show. I'm your host, Eric Deems. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. You can always reach me, chief at ericdeemshow.com, on the socials at ericdeemshow. As you know, I created this podcast as a way to share the Midwestern pragmatism with which I grew up. This notion that cultural stewardship falls to each of us, community is important, we need one another. And boy, isn't that true now more than ever. You know, as life goes on, and uh, certainly many of you listening have lived longer lives than I have, but not many, the data is in, the majority of our folks here are in the 30s and 40s, Um, but I appreciate everybody tuning in, the thousands tuning in, as I like to say, the millions who wish they were, and soon enough, they'll get their time. But if you found yourself, especially in the last year of a pandemic, which the pandemic is over thank god but what that season has taught us is it's what supply and demand has always proven out too much of something makes it less valuable at least from our perspective when you don't have something you realize just how valuable it is whether that be time with coworkers grabbing a drink at happy hour whether it be showing up to church on Sunday or whatever your Sabbath is, whether it be the social events that used to scatter the calendar on a monthly basis almost every other week, it seemed like, suddenly, poof, all of it is gone. And where are you? You're left sitting at home, sometimes with people you love, sometimes with people you uh, you had to escape from on a daily basis, because who wants to live a life where you're constantly trying to escape? I think a lot of folks have had their perspective shift and the idea of what we want. You know, I live my life thinking about to what end, and uh, this is this is not always great. Um, I think the long term effects. Uh, In the long-term perspective, it's great. Short-term, it can rub people the wrong way, especially people you love and care about most. But I always ask the question, to what end? When I'm looking at a real estate deal, when I'm looking at a partnership, when I'm looking at a business venture with friends or strangers, trusted strangers, no less, but I'm always asking, to what end? When we're signing up to join something, a cooking class. To what end? Okay. When we're thinking about making investment in a larger home or moving to this place or that place, to what end? Why? Does it even make sense? I think a lot of us have been in that season of to what end. And I think that's caused us to come back and appreciate this season, the 2020 in large part, has become a great clarifying year. It's become the, that moment on all of our timelines where we were able to uh, filter through and find what truly is important, what truly was excessive, what truly isn't. My brother turned me on to uh, the minimalist movement several social media accounts and um, I think even a Netflix series I watched or a special on it or whatever, and talking about folks who basically only have what they need to live their day, basically only have what's needed for their family. The idea is to reduce the waste that they have but there my takeaway from that is there were so many psychological benefits to this we have so many things constantly vying for our time and our attention i mean as a plethora, look at everything that has exploded the plethora of tv channels i mean i am not so old that i only grew up with three channels but i am old enough to where I only had 15 channels in my room that I could pick up on rabbit ears growing up. Now, you get a, a rabbit ear set up and you've got 60, 70, 80 channels. It's unbelievable. That's just that. Not to mention your phone, which is no longer a phone, right? It's everything. It's a phone, it's a diary. It's a photo book. It's a computer. It's a map. It's a menu. I mean, anything you need centers around this portable device that sits in your pocket. How much of that do we need? How much of that are we convincing ourselves that we need it? My favorite. Movement right now is watching the van life folks. The folks who have just either sold their homes, put everything into a storage unit, and bought an RV, small or large. Uh, we have good friends that uh, are in a Sprinter Mercedes van. We also have good friends that are in a, a, a Tiffin motorcoach, And just taking in the world, traveling campsite to campsite. National Park to National Park. And you know what they have? Exactly what they need. If you've talked to anybody that's been on a journey, literally a journey, a hike over a period of days, months, maybe they've traveled the Appalachian Trail. Maybe they've moved into a van. and They want to go see the West. Maybe they've decided the downside and just live in a flat in a city they've always wanted to visit. It's so not going to take six months and do it. We take the backpack, fill a backpack, fill a suitcase, nothing else. But to go to these places, the experience is that much more enriching. You're forced to find the creature comforts in your discomfort. When you're used to having a closet or multiple closets, I won't uh, name the guilty, multiple closets to... Store your different seasonal outfits. Well, if you only have a bag or you only have a closet, and I'm not talking about one of these rooms that you walk into, the walk-in closet, no, no, no. You have a couple of drawers, maybe a drawer. Priority really takes over. What do I need? What is most needed? utility. I need a pair of shoes. Maybe I need a pair of shoes if it rains. Hiking boots maybe. Maybe I need a pair of dress shoes. Maybe I need a pair of shoes that can act as both just daytime runners, daytime, your daily wearers and a pair of dress shoes. We've gotten so wealthy as a nation here in the U.S. that we've taken so much for granted. The abundance, gluttony it's not even noticed anymore. We all live in houses that, for the most part, have a room or more that we don't need, but we feel like we do just in case. Heaven forbid somebody visit and have to sleep on a couch or a blow-up mattress or a spare bedroom that acts that as an office. No, we got to have separate space for everybody and A lot of times, it's a keeping up with the Joneses situation, right? Uh, Well, we have to live in this neighborhood, or we have to have a house like this. Look at our friends. Meanwhile, everybody's chasing debt. Talk about true abuse of the abundance. It's a waste. I got to thinking about this the other day. I was watching baseball. I love baseball. I hate baseball as I do with most uh, sports, professional sports especially, but the NCAA is just as bad. The wokeness that is perpetuating the leadership, and I'm, I put that in air quotes because that is not it. I, 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 I detest the fact that the All-Star game was moved, and it's hard for me to watch a game and not think about that. But nonetheless, I go back to America's game, and I love the simplicity of the game. Because it's, there's a lot of complexity behind that simplicity. I think it's probably the game that requires the most strategy. And you can see all the symbols and the communication occurring without words, from dugouts to home plate to the pitcher's mound. It's the beauty of teamwork. Beauty of teamwork in a sport that's been around for a long time and there's something nostalgic, yes. But there's also something refreshing about being able to watch a game, wear it, some leather glove, baseball, wooden bat. Been largely unchanged from that for the last century. And I began to ask myself, why do I love this? Why do I love baseball? I'm not a sports guy. <laughs> As many of you know, I, am, uh, I, I would not call myself an athlete, but I love the game because it reminds me of a simpler time, sitting down, watching the game, not watching your phone while watching the game, but actually just taking in the game. Some people complain the game is too long. Well, that's because we're so used to our senses being overloaded. I love watching the game because there's a minimalist approach to it. Only what matters is included. included. And I begin to think, what happened to where we stopped applying that to our own lives? Only what matters is included. I've talked about the books Essentialism and The One Thing before. And they are hallmarks of my reading list. They, I, I, Perennial. I read them each year. They're great reminders, kind of a, a way to come back to center for me. As time goes on, you begin to take inventory of not only the things in your life but the thoughts in your day-to-day life uh, the people you're interacting with and you begin to realize to what end i'm all about an abundance mindset over scarcity i'm all about that but how do we take that further and actually ensure that we are leaving the world better than we left it? we are leaving our families better Because we were part of it. We're leaving ourselves better with each passing day. I think the minimalists have something there. I mean, I don't go so far as to put all the waste in a jar. (laughs) I was watching one of these. This lady, everything. Food, waste, they they use everything they can and they minimize down to what can fit into a mason jar. And I compare that to me and... I mean, how many Amazon packages do I have delivered on a daily basis? Sometimes multiples in a day, not just a week. And I just think of the cardboard, the cardboard alone, the plastic bags alone, just from Amazon. And let's not get sidetracked on what recycling could be. What recycling is today is just as wasteful and futile as trash pickup. Hope that one day it changes, but for now, the incentives aren't there. Incentives aren't aligned, and until incentives are aligned, there's no way to move that forward. To what end? Businesses exist to make money, and governments don't need to be subsidizing. They can invest, but ongoing subsidies, anyway, not to get distracted. What are you doing in your life to minimize the noise? There's so much noise. What are you doing to minimize the noise from the negative Nancy's in your life? No offense to the Nancy's tuning in. To the distractions, to the work day going beyond the day. How are you filling your cup? Are you trying to fill too many cups? These are the questions I have as I sit back and think about the, the need for focus, the need for priority, and the notion of supply and demand, the great economic principle. The demands of the things that I need sometimes are lower than they should be because of the supply of everything else is so much greater. And I'd like to take that a little further. How much of who you're becoming isn't what you set out to become. I mean, how much of who you're becoming is really just resisting your past or even resisting the people in it versus finding and exploring and being who you were created to be? That's powerful. And in a world where we're constantly surrounded by distractions, I mean, Just think about the screen alone. You can't go anywhere without being in front of a screen. You can't order at a restaurant anymore without being inundated with screens. Everybody's moved to fast, casual concepts, and now they're screens. They're not menu boards. They're screens. You can't get into your car and learn anything about what's happening in your car. The dashboard is a screen. My pilot friends have been experiencing this for a long time. They call it the glass cockpit. It's all digital. Not to mention your phone. Pick on the phone once again. It's no longer a thing hanging in the kitchen above the calendar with buttons and a 15-foot cord. No, it's a screen in your pocket that has the calendar inside of it. I'm not here to beat up on technology. I'm not here to beat up on how that has enabled us to be better, more efficient people. The question is, to what end? What uh, What has it enabled us to be more efficient towards? A richer, better version of ourselves? Intrinsically speaking, of course. Or has it enabled us to be even more distracted? Even more disarrayed? even more thrown about and constantly, like a pinball machine, right? Constantly moving from whatever is dinging or lighting up. It feels like that's more reality for a lot of us. I want to encourage you to get back to the basics, get back to the fundamentals. I mean, this is a, a notion that has been around for millennia. This idea of stripping down to what actually matters. The minimalist movement is just the latest iteration of that. But I think we can take a lot from it. I'm not a minimalist in the sense that they're promoting. But I am a believer in boundaries. And I think a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, realize that our boundaries are out of whack internally. And that requires discipline. And discipline is like a muscle. It's something that's built day after day. So I just encourage you to take inventory on the disciplines that need to be applied, the things to be minimized, the things to be eliminated, the things that matter. Much like baseball, the game, everything surrounding the game has adapted and evolved with the time, but the game, in large part, has remained true to what it is, and so can you. If you have thoughts on this, maybe ways you're applying this to your own life, maybe ways you've taken inventory to reduce influence, undo influence, I'd love to hear about it. Chief at ericdeemshow.com, shoot me an email, maybe I'll share Your example to the listeners next week.